This show is a part of the FM Podcast Network, the home of great music podcasts. Visit us at fmpods.com. You are listening to the Dylan Ponce Podcast. You're listening on our public feed, which includes a shortened version of this episode. To hear the extended version and get access to our bonus shows, become an FM Plus subscriber. Sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com. Hey everyone, I'm Jim Salvucci. Welcome to another Million Dollar Bash. It's that Million Dollar Bash. As much as we love Bob Dylan's many versions of his own music, we at Million Dollar Bash would be remiss if we did not discuss some of the gazillions of covers of Dylan's work. Given the buzz emanating from Cat Power's reconstruction of Dylan's set from his 1966 British tour, it makes sense to discuss specifically covers of Dylan by women. Maybe it makes no difference, the gender of the artist. Maybe it's all just the same, whether it's Joan Baez or Manford Mann, covers or covers. What, though, are the implications of, say, Sheryl Crow altering the line from I was dreaming I was sleeping in Rosie's bed to the brusque but anemic I was dreaming, I was sleeping in your bed. Is this shift a positive assertion of her sexuality, a sign of her own discomfort with the implications of her sleeping with Rosie, or simply a nod to the mores of 1998? Similarly, Betty Levette, who takes some serious liberties with Dylan's music and lyrics with mixed results in 2018's Things Have Changed, modifies the lyrics of Mama, You've Been On My Mind, so that they're no longer an ex-lover's bitter reflections, but are a homage to her own actual mother. The last verse she alters to, when I wake up in the morning, mama, and look into the mirror, I see you standing next to me, although I know you're not here. When I see my reflection, I can see you just as clear. Mama, you've been on my mind. Does she make this change because the song really does bring her mother to mind? Or because she wants us to know that she has no interest in mamas unless they are literally her mama? In my opinion, her rewrite saps the lyrics of their self-reflective power and wastes her otherwise soulful performance. On the other end, and from another generation, Emma Swift unselfconsciously sings, I'm a man of contradictions, I'm a man of many moods, and celebrates her black mustache in her 2020 rendition of I Contain Multitudes. And what do we make of Charlotte Gainsbourg's breathy 2007 recital of Just Like a Woman, which cleaves closely to her libertine father's Serge Gainsbourg's style? What are the implications? Now throw Nina Simone's sweet and starring take from 1971 in which she switches the pronoun from she to I in the last chorus. What do we do with that? Let's get down to it and introduce our regular bashers for anyone who's new to the bash. So we're going to start with Rockin' Rob Reginio. Hey, Rob. Welcome. Thank you, Jim. I'm super excited about discussing these wonderful performances. All right. Next up is Court Carney. Hey, Jim. Hey, everyone. Nice to see you. And we've got Nina Goss. Hi. Hey, Nina. And then Grayley Hearn. Hello. Happy to be here. And last and certainly not least, Erin Callahan. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having us again. Absolutely. What a superstar lineup. Every month, it's a privilege to be with you guys online. It's really fantastic. All right. So let's just get going. I'm just going to go through the in the order we just announced everyone and ask you to maybe bring a couple songs, a couple covers by women 
that you think are, are particularly worth addressing, and then we'll talk about them and see where it goes. So, Rob, you're up. What do you got? My personal choices, there are albums of covers of his, of his songs, and my personal choices that I have personal connections to are Any Day Now by Joan Baez, that double LP of covers of Dylan's songs. And that's how I was first introduced to Dylan's music, actually. My mom playing me, because she was a huge Baez fan, my mom playing me that album over and over again. And then I really enjoy Thea Gilmore's cover of the John Wesley Harding album because I'm writing about John Wesley Harding right now. In terms of being a little bit more objective, and I think some of the aesthetic standouts are Betty Levette's Things Have Changed from 20. Uh, 18, although she covered Unbelievable and Everything is Broken on other albums, which were really, I, I find incredible versions. And then the album that you mentioned at the top of the show, Cat Power Sings Bob Dylan by Cat Power, obviously. These are four albums that I think like I, I come back to again and again, some for personal reasons, some because they're just aesthetic standouts. I, in terms of songs, I've got just, I've got a couple I've got a lot of songs here that I think are really great covers, but I'm just going to stick to a couple here. I love Emmylou Harris's cover of Every Grain of Sand on Wrecking Ball. Daniel Lenoir produced that album, but he wisely, I think, on that song, places her voice up front and center. And his kind of swampy theatrics are swirling in the background, but Emmylou's voice, Harris's voice, expresses a yearning and dedication to a spiritual search, and it's foregrounded in a really beautiful way. And then in thinking about this show, I've been exploring the work of Anna Brun, a Norwegian singer-songwriter, and she has this incredibly brooding and tense take on the song She Belongs to Me, which is, in Dylan's version, a kind of celebration of this exceptional figure Brune's version is much more, as I said, tense and brooding. And then another one that I think is a kind of iconic rendering of the song at this point now is Cassandra Wilson's Shelter from the Storm. That's a very famous cover of a Dylan song. And I love the, the way that she deploys a third person voice in the song, right? It is as if she, I think in this song, when I listen to her sing it, she's uncovering an older fable or a story or a narrative ballad. So there's a kind of beautiful uh, wistfulness about that that version of the song. But as our conversation goes on, I've got a whole list of other covers by women that that stand out to me. But I think one of the greatest interpreters of Dylan's songs for me is it, Nina Simone. And why do I think that? And I look at the three Dylan cuts on her 1967 album, To Love Somebody. She arranged all of these songs and each one is unique. She's got like a bluesy R&B arrangement for I Shall Be Released. And then she rearranges the times that are changing, which comes at the end of the album as this stirring like church anthem. It's complete with this pause in the singing. So you hear the church organ reverberate. And then there's just this majesty of her totally unique version of just like Tom Thumb's blues, which I think is the pinnacle of interpretations of Dylan full stop irrespective of, of, of gender. And I think Nina Simone, she really thought very deeply about Dylan's songs, not just in terms of their lyrics, but also their melodies and their structures and how they draw upon various traditions. And I think that 
deep thought about his work is evidenced in her arrangements and performances across those tracks. So that's my kind of overview of where I stand. All right. That was quite an overview. You covered a lot of ground there and you hit on a few things I never heard of. A couple I completely forgot about it. Somehow forgot about that cover by Cassandra Wilson. That is amazing. She's an extraordinary singer. Yeah. It's from a while ago. And it, yeah, maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so getting right to it, I mean, what do you see the gender of these performers as having any particular role or is it just these are particularly good performances? Does it alter the, the meaning of the songs in any way or have any effect? Or I think, again, going back to Nina Simone's arrangements and performances of those songs, I think she digs deeply into those songs to the point where the gender of the singer becomes irrelevant, to put it bluntly. And for me, again, I can't help but harp on my personal history. These songs were Joan Baez songs for me before. They were Bob Dylan songs. And so for me personally, hearing women specifically perform these songs is particularly disorienting or anything like that. It, it seems on, 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 the, on target. Uh, one thing I learned from listening to a lot of these covers is that the old Columbia promo material that nobody sings Dylan like Dylan definitely pertains for sure. But these are artists that bring in such wonderful, thoughtful arrangements and performances that, yeah, for me, the gender kind of becomes uh, irrelevant when you get someone like Simone, who's so deeply invested in, in, in the songs. Well, let's throw it open to the bashers. Any response to Rob's list? He took all the songs. Yeah, he did. <laughs> That's sorry. Everything. Thanks. Okay. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I think I agree with him on Nina Simone and that version of I Shall Be Released was definitely my, one of my favorites. And I also, Rob, to agree with, you know, he sings Dylan like Dylan. One of the notes I made, like, are there, I like a lot of these covers. Are there any more that I, any that I like more than the original? Maybe one. And that's Alicia Keys pressing on. I just think she does a beautiful job with that. It's just so, so full and so so beautiful the way that she she vocalizes it so that's the one that i think i would say i like better but i think there's something incredibly powerful in women who are so often the focus of dylan's songs and taking those songs and embodying them and giving them voice in their own way and so there are several that i really like and you mentioned most of them but there's no use sort of in repeating it but i think in some ways they're challenging early critics like Ellen Wilson who saw the misogyny in Dylan's music and they're trying to maybe heart like reconcile that in a way and maybe to say to answer Jim and what he said in the opener that's maybe what Betty Levette's trying to do not really misogyny with Mama You've Been On My Mind but to embody it a different way similarly to one of the more famous covers what Edie Raquel does with Hard Rain where it when it lands differently when she says blue eyed sun when you think of it maybe coming from a mother figure than just a general maybe a paternal figure or friend or something like that. But I hear that it resonates differently with me. But I think you picked up and I'm with you. I'm in the cat power uh, group, Rob. So I'm, I'm definitely very good. Uh, and I, I do love her version of Visions of Johanna, and I love Emma Swifts as well. I tend to like when women sing that song for some reason, and I, I haven't quite pinpointed why yet. There's also Marian Faithful's version of Visions of Toronto, which I think is exemplary. It's really great. She 
takes a lot of verses out, but the way that she sings the potentially disorienting, hilarious lines of, geez, I can't find my knees. She sings it straight. And so she, I, I love that version. Agreed. So Aaron, why don't you tell us what you brought to the table today to discuss? Well, I think that was my perspective is thinking about how women embody the songs and challenge that concept, especially from early, even female critics, that there's a sense of misogyny in the songs and that women are so much the focus of the songs that how does it play differently when they are embodying them. And I joked with Court that I was coming in hot with the share covers. Um, but I think that there's something to that, that she changes it to lay baby lay. And so she's embodying this like this song where he's trying to seduce his lover and she flips the script, which is in some ways it's not. Is it a great cover? No, but I like what she's trying to do with it, that she's taking the the role of more. She's embodying the role of not the aggressor, but the more dominant person in that sexual relationship and trying to seduce the man rather than the other way around. So I think that's an interesting an interesting version or interpretation. And all I really want to do, I think, is she's doing the same thing where women are supposed to want to get married and settle down and whatnot. She's saying completely the opposite and she thinks that's fun. So I did come in hot with the share interpretations. But like I said just earlier, I do love every every interpretation of Visions of Johanna, and I don't know why, especially when women sing it. I just think it, there's something beautiful that resonates, and not just because it's one of my favorite songs, but especially the way I think that Cat Power phrases it, the, the different, how she drags out some of the, the vowels and some of the phrases that Dylan doesn't. It's just beautiful and haunting. And I do love Nora Jones' I'll Be Your Baby Tonight. There's, again, something very sweet and sonically beautiful to that song from Reach. But I think, yeah, I answered Rob with some of my hot takes and I have other ones, but I'll let other people speak. Anybody want to take on Cher? Really, go ahead. I like, like some of those Cher covers too. And that makes me wonder, though I forgot to re-listen to it, so I don't have a hot take on it, but I am curious if anyone went back to the Bette Midler Buckets of Rain that she does with Dylan because I don't remember liking one very much, but, but there was a kind of, you know, charm to it. I mean, it, it was almost like a vaudeville burlesque send up of the song. And that suddenly Dylan got roped into doing a tongue in cheek send up of his own song, but I have a bully thought out take on that. I just suddenly found it popping into my head as I was listening to Aaron. Talk about the share version. Grayley, why don't you go ahead and give us your list? Sure. Well, uh, I like Rob. Top of the mountain for me is Nina Simone. And her versions of Just Like a Woman and Just Like Tom's Tom Thumbs Blues. And I also would agree that the pinnacle is Just Like Tom Thumbs Blues. I love that so much. And the, there's a case where, though it's not as overt, as what Betty Lovette does with Mama, You've Been on My Mind. In her version of Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues, she says, uh, picking up Carl, my brother Carl, who just arrived here from the coast. So she works in a personal reference to her brother Carl there. And probably my favorite example of her, you're right, Rob, that she so carefully arranges those recorded versions on the albums of Dylan's songs but much like Dylan, she also 
reinterprets, revises in live performance her takes on these songs. And my favorite example, I wrote a piece on Shadow Chasing about what I called it just like Nina Simone's blues. So I'm already out there on record with a lot of my thoughts on Nina Simone's versions of Dylan's songs or songs that they both covered like House of the Rising Sun. But I had never, until I was working on that piece, seen her 2000 performance in Sao Paulo, Brazil of Just Like a Woman. And she's in very poor health at that stage, but she just summons up this ferocity in her in her uh, live version of that song there. And at one point, she's setting up the refrain, take like a woman, ache like a woman, break like a woman. But then she has this, and she pulls, she stretches the words out, but then she takes this long pause and sings, I used to break. I don't break anymore. They can't do anything else bad to me anymore. Anything worse than they've done before. So I donate. I'm not a little girl. <laughs> and she just really leans into it. The, the fans go berserk as they should. And she's not done yet. She like, she keeps on singing. She returns. She stands from the, the piano bench and you think maybe she's done, but she keeps singing. I take just like a woman. Yes, I do. I'm going to take me a yacht soon, just like a woman. And I ache just like a woman and I don't break. I don't break like a little girl. And it's just this great. I mean, she's completely wrestled control of that song back and turned it into her own. So it's a, just a fantastic artistic achievement what she does not just in the recorded album version but that 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 is an unforgettable live version as well as i was looking through i mean i have so many that i love i love sarah jarose's ring them bells i i love susan tedeschi's lord protect my child if you haven't heard that the 2005 farm aid uh, production you can see on youtube and she just kills it i mean she's so bluesy and perfect in that but the the rabbit hole i ended up going down and listening to to covers by women of dylan songs prepping for this uh, session was gillian welch who i adore uh she can sing anything and if she's singing it with dave rawlings especially they just melt my heart they're just perfect i love what they do musically and vocally together and so most recently, I was familiar with a couple covers they did on something they put out um, during the pandemic when they were in lockdown together and just very rough DIY recording straight to audio cassette tapes. And they did an interesting version of Senor and they did an interesting version of Abandoned Love and the tape runs out. So there's something just so appropriate to this song that was never formally released called Abandoned Love. And so it's like the song itself was Abandoned Love. And then you get the, this take that is aborted love because they, they're not able to finish it because the tape runs out. So anyhow, re-listening to that, even though Dave Rollins takes the lead in singing those, led me back to a New York Times interview with them that was done around that time period. And I came across the striking passage where the interviewer is talking about out on the back porch, talking to Rollins and Welch. And I'm quoting from the interview now. Uh, Welch speaks the way she writes, the way she sings with a deeply controlled thoughtfulness layered with a matter of fact honesty. As we talked about some of our singing and writing heroes, 
Welch mentioned Bob Dylan. I don't know what I'll do when he's gone, she told me, pausing to stare into the rain-soaked distance. I can't even talk about it. And I think that, because I feel exactly the same way, and I think that probably got me in a tender mood anyway. And then right after reading that, I came across a performance by Gillian Welch I had never heard before at the 2015 Newport Folk Festival, which is would be the 50th anniversary of the 1965 Folk Festival. And so her and Dave Rollins and some other friends did an all Dylan cover, all Dylan 1965 songs cover. And she opens with Mr. Tambourine Man. And man, I would, the tears were just streaming down my face. I was moved by that very straight rendition of the song, but so heartfelt. And of course, it's in Newport and the fans are so into it. And I was so into it. And it is just an emotional blockbuster. I can't recommend it highly enough. Go out and check it out, listeners, uh, for yourself on YouTube. I mean, the whole concert is worth watching because it's all Dylan tunes. But that first one, Mr. Tambourine Man, blew me away. So I've got other ones I could talk about, but I feel like I've probably taken more than my fair share of time. So those are a few worth worth shining a spotlight on. We're putting together quite a catalog here. Actually, I'm going to ask everyone, all the bashers here, to send me your list after this, and I will compile it, and I will put it on our Substack, and I will also see if I can get it into the, the notes for the podcast as well. So thank you. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for here in the public feed. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode and get access to extended and bonus episodes from this and all of the other shows on the network, become an FM Plus subscriber. Sign up in Apple Podcasts or at fmpods.com. Thank you for listening to the Dylan Taunts Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to FM Pods to hear the complete podcast.